Hello, my friends, and welcome to the New World Kirtan podcast, calming chants for a crazy world. New World Kirtan is a 60-minute show bringing you the best of Western Kirtan music every week. I'm your host, Kitsy Stern, and I hope you'll join me on my spiritual journey through the practice of singing and playing Kirtan. You can find us on iTunes and at newworldkirtan.com. Dave Stringer comes to Kirtan from the world of jazz music and visual art. That background and his worldwide audience makes him an innovative leader in the Western Kirtan movement. Dave has been a big supporter of the podcast almost from the very beginning, and he's always been a fun and interesting person to have a conversation with. It was a treat to be able to interview him for the Denver Chant Fest. Live streaming thing came about because we were having a conversation about the international kirtan community and how great it would be, you know, if everybody just realized how many of us there are around the world. And um, well, I remember I, having a conversation with you some years ago when somebody came to a kirtan event I was doing in Berlin and said, "Hey, I, I hadn't heard about you," and then I found out about you on the New World Kirtan podcast. <laughs> remember you telling me that yeah i got in touch with you saying hey kitsy do you have any idea you know how many people are listening to you and in what countries and you said no and then you went and investigated and got back to me and you're like oh my god (laughs) i know i know it's it's amazing Uh, you know when you look at the demographics i don't want to talk about the podcast but this is interesting the demographics, it's its downloaded by far the most in the United States, but after that, it's Canada, Australia, Germany, Japan, China, right. and India. It's, it's really interesting to see where the downloads are coming from, and people contact me from all over the world. So this music has the ability, I think, to bring people together. And, um, you know, I read something that you said um, a couple of years ago about, the, the, well, not a couple, it was back in 2007, that this is the beginning of something new, you know, of communities of like-minded people who are coming together um, with the intention of of singing, you know, um, as a possibility for spiritual growth. And to it must be really cool to travel around the world and see this happening all over the place. Yeah, it's it's kind of a privilege to be at the leading edge of it. The funny thing is, I'm just going where I'm going and doing what I'm doing, and it's only sometimes in hindsight that you can see um, what the effect is. Um, I mean, I started going to sing in Europe in 2005 and 2006, and have been back sometimes twice a year since then, and it just was a natural extension for me of the tour, but it paralleled the growth of a community there that could support it. In 2008, I started going to Australia, same thing. Um, I'm about to make my second trip to Japan. Uh, in oh, cool. This year. And, uh, and so I've been uniquely positioned to see how it's grown everywhere. And one of the things that I love about it is actually how similar the experience is. It doesn't matter whether I'm 
um, chanting in, in Tokyo or Berlin or Sydney or Montreal. Um, people are obviously from very diverse cultures and very diverse languages. And yet at the same time, the experience of singing together is remarkably similar. Um, and, and so I think this, this points us in the direction of the unity of which we're singing, um, the universality of love, the universality of consciousness. In some ways, the Kirtan movement itself is, um, is a kind of big model of consciousness worldwide. Sometimes it feels like a small town on an international scale um, in the sense that it still feels intimate. Uh, you you have, I have a tendency to meet some of the same people, you know, like, I just saw you in Barcelona, what are you doing in Bali, you know? <laughs> um, and, and so there's these kinds of things. And it occurs to me that really this is all pretty unprecedented. Um, that there is a community of like-minded people that um, travels extensively um, and is connected multiculturally all around the world um, is is something that we haven't seen much of um, because it required oh you know international jet travel and inter and and internet connection. Um, so it's been interesting to. Um, as an artist, you know, witness that happening. Um, I'm stunned again and again, the people that I meet at Kirtans, the diversity of it. You know, when you say, oh, chanting, it summons up some kind of new agey hippie thing, but yeah. that's actually not who comes. And the people who come to chant are in incredibly diverse and interesting. Um, what they all have in common, I think, is um, a similar, um, interest in in asking some of the same questions, but also in breaking through beyond the voice that asks questions and just immersing themselves in pure connection and experience. problems but the thing is is that if it's helpful to have experiences again and again where you feel an easy connection to people that you don't necessarily know personally yeah yeah you know, that that ability to look at others with that eye of like compassion or um or just a feeling of like hey you know we could be friends you know if the circumstances of our lives brought us together in that way, you know? I mean, that's my experience traveling around internationally. I don't think I'll ever lack for friends in my life. Um, the world's full of them. Um, if, if the carousel stopped and I was dropped in any particular city, I know that I would have a community that I would connect to. So it, it, it doesn't really matter whether on one level, you know, I'm in Copenhagen or, you know, Columbus, Ohio. It's, it's, um, uh, the community is there and, and my sense of ease and feeling of friendliness with the world um, has certainly been increased by all of this chanting. 
really great, you know, and, and I mean, uh, I, I've had issues with churches uh, in my lifetime, but I, I remember that the most fun that I can remember having a church is when I was singing, you know, I mean, with all those luscious harmonies and um, it's just so great to sing together with people in a congregation. Yeah, there's something that just gets you, um, when you're immersed in that, you let go of all of your petty stuff. All of our having and getting and going, all of these things drop away in the process of singing and dancing. And, you know, really, this is something central to human culture that goes way, way back. Um, singing and dancing together is pretty much, that is human culture. That's, that's where it all comes from. It's how we created um, meaningful connections um, from a community standpoint. So, um, so on one hand, Kirtan's just doing what we've always done, but it's doing it in a, in a really big transnational way. Definitely having a sense that what you're doing is connected to a community is important. Um, you know, we live in a culture that's really founded upon, I guess, the, the myth of the, the, the empowered individual. Mm. That served us up to a certain point until it's also started making us sick. Um, the thing is, is that we're both individuals with um, our own particular gifts and our own particular rights and liberties. Um, but each of us is also finite, whereas humanity, the community, has a longer life, and we have a responsibility to that. Um, I think in America, one reason why Kirtan is popular is because, in a way, we've reached the end of, I guess, you know, for better or for worse, the cowboy myth. Um, it's it's no longer sufficient to say you know my way, um, and um, we of necessity just because of sheer numbers, um, you know the frontier is settled and we have to find a way to exist in community with one another. Um, so we need practices and rituals which um, which cause us to be invested in community and our relationship to it. Um, uh, and to understand that what we do for ourselves isn't strictly for ourselves, that we also, that it impacts others and, and that we can do it for others. So the extent that singing together is, is a, is a, and so singing together is a, is a useful ritual in this way. Um, and, uh, and I think it's important that we continue to create new rituals, even if we're, you know, reappropriating old ones um, to new purposes, which in some ways is what Kirtan is. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, people used to come together when 
back in the, the good old days, you know, of the American cowboy, people had to depend on each other. Um, these days it's easy uh, to be isolated and, um, you know, just get the news that you want to read and, um, and not really have a lot of interaction. And I think that you're completely right in that it's necessary. It's what we've always done. And we're being called to do it again. And this time, I think it's going to be a choice to come together as uh, in communities to affect change or to to make to make the world a better place. And um, technology will allow is allowing us to do that in a way that wasn't possible before. Exactly. Um, so, um, you know, it's funny. I read a, a book recently. I want to say the author is Alain de Botton. Um, I think he's Swiss, um, called Religion for Atheists. Oh. Uh, which um, in took this perspective, that the rituals of religion are still useful. The beliefs of ritual of, of, of religion are, um, are divisive. The rituals of religion are inclusive. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, of, I guess, atheist lit out there now that says, essentially, one doesn't need God to be good. Um, but where atheism, you know, often fails is it doesn't leave us with community rituals of, of ways of connecting to one another and, and finding meaning in our lives. Um, you know, in some ways, ethics themselves proceed from this point. We understand that others feel pain as we do and um, when we understand that compassion follows and so much of how we conduct ourselves um, really stems from that basic understanding it's not necessary for there to be a supreme deity in order to grasp that um, but we still need rituals to bring us together and rituals that can help guide our contact with one another but also our inquiry um, so you know, I'm um, gesturing with all of my interest in science and psychology um, toward, I guess, a kind of kirtan for agnostics. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, and, you have your own website. <laughs> yeah, but but the idea is is to keep the door open um, to people who are in whatever state of process that they're in, and to let the the experience of of real, of letting yourself go of immersing yourself in ecstasy you know to have that experience be the teacher and um to allow people to draw their conclusions from their own experiences and i, I think that's a really powerful thing that kirtan has to, has to offer Yeah, but I, I really I really wonder how if if a, a community say that gathers at Bhakti Fest, which is a huge community, I mean three four thousand people, um, 
how much they realize they're connected to people all the way across the world in Bali and in Australia who are who are pursuing the same things, trying to plug into that same energy of love. And um, it, it exists in all of us. And uh, I, I think it's just so exciting that this is a community that is gathering force. Fire. Yeah, it's exciting. It also, um, for me, I'm an unusual bhakti in the sense that I'm I'm really an agnostic. Um, yoga and yoga philosophy is for me a process um, of inquiry that I'm using in my own search. Um, the questions I'm asking aren't questions that have been asked, you know, since time immemorial of like, why are we here? How do we get here? What does it mean to be alive? What is love? Um, and yoga is a beautiful system of asking these questions. Um, kirtan is a beautiful system of uh, silencing my mind, process of asking these questions. Um, but it's not necessary to, um, to believe in God or any higher or supernatural power in order to become immersed in kirtan and this is one of the beautiful things about it is that the experience is spiritual and it and it, it it puts us in this atmosphere where these profound and important questions are being asked but it's not saying believe this or do this it's inviting people to come together and and sing to do something to experience each other in the realm of the ecstatic um, and that is filling a void that once upon a time religion did fill, uh, although imperfectly. It did bring people together in the space of the ecstatic, but it also divided people um, it, in terms of we believe this or we don't believe that. The Kirtan movement isn't invested in that. and. Um, people think of it sometimes as something ancient, but really it's something quite modern because of all of the you know, modern technologies that, that have actually brought it about as a worldwide phenomenon. The fact that it is transnational um, makes it modern. Um, the fact that it, it's singularly interested in what brings us together as opposed to what separates us also makes it modern and makes it useful. Shivaya, Namah 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 Shivaya, Namah
I think we get lost, you know, and confused with, I guess, tradition versus authenticity. Mm. Um, uh, what we're offering up, particularly in the West, is authentic. Is it traditional? Um, well, I would say yes, once you understand the tradition. Because it is folk music, it's, it's, it's communicating to whatever crowd you have with the tools that, that they feel comfortable with. You know, really the important thing is, hey, what's going to get people to sing back? You know, and if all you got is an acoustic guitar, but, you know, you're in a, a crowd where people are used to folk music on acoustic guitars, that's cure time. Yeah. Get, getting people to sing back in this culture also can be a... Um, can be sometimes could be a challenge yeah but the, you know that's the thing like for me as a as a kirtan performer that's my gig is to get people to sing back um to create that space of freedom but also to you know incite people to get involved and different people have different techniques you know i try and use both my inherent skepticism but also my sense of humor to um uh, to open the doors for people. Um, you know, my target in some ways is not the yoga girl uh, who came to the kirtan, but the boyfriend that she dragged with her. Uh-huh. Um, you know, who apparently made some deal that he'd go to the kirtan if she'd go to the football game. Like, <laughs> I want to convince him, you know, or I, not convince him, I want to incite him to become involved. And I do. Um, and if sometimes that requires, you know, an electric guitar, well, there you go. Um, you know, it's what's necessary to get people to sing back. see that article in the Washington Post? I did, and I love the fact that it started off with a former atheist. Oh. It's quoted. <laughs> I, was saying, I don't know, you know, like, religion wasn't doing it for me, but I missed the community. That's right, that's right, yeah. So, to a kirtan, and it changed my life. Yeah, that was just basically a rave review for it. Yeah, um, yeah. And lifestyle section of the Washington Post, that's, that's pretty mainstream. It's really mainstream. And the thing is, is that uh, mainstream people actually come. You know, if you interviewed people in the Kirtan crowd, you know, they're lawyers and doctors and, um, you know, car mechanics and surf dudes and physicists and housewives. <laughs> and, you know, it is a pretty diverse group of people. And, and in some ways, like, that's part of its strength is the diversity of people that come. And, the modern kirtan movement has really birthed now all kinds of styles too, because of um, because of not only the diversity of the performers but the diversity of the audiences. And some people are going to want to come for like the straight up, you know, as Indian uh, as it can get, you know, um, say Shamdas experience. Other people are going to come to Donald Delory because of the dance groups, you know. Um, people seem to like the way, you know, my band really just morphs into like, you know, a kick-ass like arena rock band. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. And, but there's other, um, 
there's there's so many different ways to do this and and we're at a point now where there's a an incredible diversity of styles because of all the different performers um i think it's really just at the beginning of of becoming whatever it's going to become i have no idea what it's going to become um even as i'm one of the forces that is in the process of bringing it to where it's going
The musical selections were from Dave Stringer's new CD, Ojaz, available next month, and Joppa. I hope you'll join me for part two of my interview with Dave Stringer for the Denver Chant Fest, posting next week.